and welcome to Fulcrum Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday, and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod and on Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast. So be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes. Hi, I'm Sage. I use she, they pronouns, and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Sage Sindula and on Instagram at sage.sindula. Hi, my name is Claire and my pronouns are she, her. You can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Claire Crees. Welcome back to Fulcrum Transmissions After Show. Slay! Round of applause. <sighs> Welcome to episode two review by Sage and Claire. Uh, I feel like our episode one review was kind of all over the place, but so it goes. Like, it's Mando episode one, you know? I, it was editing the last episode. And I was like listening back and I was started talking about Bo-Katan in the episode. And I was like, wow, I'm still talking. Mm, I'm still talking about her. Wow, it's been like 15 minutes and I'm still going. <laughs> so maybe I'll try to shut up this week. We'll see. Um, Okay, well, this episode actually, okay, Slay for the Mandalorian for having droid content because it was so lacking in seasons one and two. I was like, do you guys not remember that you have like an entire... Like, I don't even, I want don't want to say species because droids aren't really species, but they are so, like, integral in the Star Wars society in general. Where are they? So this, this, this time, this season, we're having a good time with them. Um, Return of Pelimoto. That was basically the beginning. And I love how she's just, like, scamming people. No, literally, she's I was really just about her. to say she's girl bossing, <laughs> per usual. Yeah, she's just scamming people. She's working with the Jawas. Love her for that. I love that she speaks every language, like, ever. <laughs> like, it's because she dated a Jawa. She oh, real. Been. Forgot. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't get over that. I love how they just dropped that and then never talked about it again. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, I have questions. Like, I would I like think, to know. I think Pelimoto is, like, the, just, like, polyamorous bisexual literally dates everyone at some point and everyone like knows everyone's like oh my gosh Pelimoto she dates everyone at some point and she's like like that's her whole thing I'm obsessed with that like I love her for it as she should what an icon what an icon couldn't be me (laughs) (laughs) me. um anyways back to the Mandalorian Pelimoto you're my icon you're my icon I love you but yeah so din and grogu they they stop by on tatooine it's like boonta eve what a cute little callback to um whatever that movie is the phantom menace that one guys (laughs) would you believe would you believe it if i said i had a star wars podcast (laughs) and i know a lot about star wars okay it's the phantom menace though so not to be a hater but like I like that movie actually. Oh well. Um. Okay. Anyways, I'm looking for a new co-host, guys. If anyone knows of any, I'm not saying I dislike that movie. I'm right. just saying you just did my start. <laughs> my ranking of all the movies is maybe last. is at the bottom. <laughs> I think it's second to last for me. I thought you were about to say second, and I was like. Oh, girl, no, let's not. It's like, it's not let's that not, good. Let's not pretend. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, sorry, Phantom Menace enjoyers. You want to know my really unpopular opinion? Yeah. Unpopular opinion of the week? I really dislike Qui-Gon Jinn. 
I feel like we've probably talked about this before. We definitely have. We definitely have. Um, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, though. (laughs) I have really neutral feelings about Qui-Gon Jinn. He's just there. Like, he's just boring. I'm sorry. (laughs) Everyone loves him. And I'm like, guys, he just is kind of there and then he dies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Anyways, back to the Mandalorian. (laughs) Um, Grogu does a front flip into Pelimoto's arms period he did yeah. i love him and then she helps him out gives him a droid so true okay can we just can we just acknowledge for like five seconds this is gonna be my complaint of the week okay my complaint of the week is could you not have just could din not have just been like i'm looking for a droid when he went to navarro instead of like being like oh, i need to revive ig88 you can just be like, hey, I need a droid I can trust. You're the closest planet I was to, and I'm really trying to get there pretty fast. Are you shitting yeah. me? Are you shitting me? And then, like, Grief Park, and we're like, oh, I don't really have any good ones. Maybe try somewhere else. And he goes, oh, my God, I forgot. I have a friend on Tatooine. And then just go there. Like, yeah. That's stupid. Like, that is a really dumb He plot. literally goes there and is like, do you have apart so that i can recreate another droid and she's like no but i have a whole droid right yeah. here and do we do we believe that this is the r5 unit from a new hope you mean Re- rebellion hero r5 i think so i, think I did so. i did look on wikipedia and they confirmed that although okay i don't know if it's ever been like confirmed confirmed um but yeah i do believe this is the r5 who was in from a certain point of view and was like, let mm. me blow myself up so that the rebellion can win. Real. We owe him so much. But anyway. So true. Um, yeah. I I think that um that was really slay. But I just obsessed was like, with the fact that he was like, girl, I don't want to go to Mandalore. Like, are you serious? Re- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so me. See, all the droids that I'm just like all the like characters in Star Wars that I'm just like, yeah, that's so me. They're all droids. They're all droids. Anyways. Um anyway, I was talking about IG88 and how them being like, let's bring him back was dumb and a lazy plot line. Um that could have been avoided. I mean but they, they might literally resolved later. like in this episode by being like, oh, we don't have the part. And you know what bothers me? I hope they I hope they like talk talk about this again but if they don't bring it up again i'm gonna be mad um because i'm like the only reason you were trying to bring ig88 back to quote-unquote life was to use him you don't care you don't care about this character at all din Djarin, which is really <laughs> annoying um so i do hope they like bring it back up and are like actually we're gonna bring him back to life anyways um because thanks like i don't like it, it, it's stupid but if they were just using that as a plot device to get to Tatooine, shut up. You could have thought of something better. For real. Him and Pelly are literally besties. Like, he could have just gone there. His ship exactly. could have broken. His ship breaks all the time. No, literally. And also, a new fancy like, ship now. he could have been like, oh, Grogu, you want to go see Aunt Pelly? Like, no, literally. So true. He has so many friends on Tatooine. Like, yeah. He could have gone there. Yeah. Anyways, Boba Fett mention. Slay. True. Boba Fett mentioned. King, we miss you. I was gonna say something really just so awful and the hater. I was I was gonna be such a hater for a minute and then I was like, no, don't do that. No, I think you should say it. 
No, I was going to say Boba Fett King, we miss you, but we don't miss your show. Oh, Um, yeah, true. But I think that he should show up in The Mandalorian and have a whole episode about him. Yeah, I do Um, too. It just seems fair. It does just seem fair. Also, Um, I think that him and Bo-Katan should, like, interact again just because when they did talk that one time in season two it was really funny i agree that's very that's very true and really good for me who is in love with both of them true i love that um and then they leave yeah yeah they leave okay good um <laughs> and then, did the, was and then fully expecting when they're on the way to mandalore i was fully expecting them to run into some other like pirates or something on the way because last episode they were literally like okay we're gonna go and then it was like not so fast there's pirates yeah. and they were like bye and then and then it took like five minutes for them to get away from them yeah so i was fully expecting there to be another like random like space battle in between but there wasn't which is good because famously i know it's called star wars like wars in the stars but the thing that i could ca- not care any less about in star wars is space battles um so if we could do less of those I know that's like so dumb of me because it's literally a franchise like about wars that take place in space also one of like I don't care also one of your favorite (laughs) series is the Thrawn trilogy true and and you know what though don't ask me anything that happened during like any space battle like in the ascendancy trilogy every time there was a space battle which is a lot which Which is a lot I was like I don't know what's going on right now. The only I thing I remember tell you what's happening right now. The only thing I remember from any space battle, I think, in any of the Ascendancy series is when Samakra said maybe I do. No, literally. Genius. The only the only space battle I remember in Lesser Evil was that and was when Thrawn was like, Today we were the lesser evil. Real. <laughs> I love an, I love a good name drop. <laughs> but yeah, so the less space battles, the better. Because I just like I don't I don't care that much to be completely honest. Once they leave, they go to Mandalore. Loved seeing it. It was very good. Anyways, you want to talk about Mandalore? Yeah, going back to Mandalore, <laughs> kind of emotional, you know, because last time we like really saw Mandalore was in Rebels. We I don't know, we saw we did see Mandalore in Rebels. We saw more of Cronest, which is um Clan Ren's planet. But, like, we did see Mandalore, and it was already, like, messed up for sure, but, like, not even close to as bad as it is now, because, one, Mandalorians still live there. Now it's completely abandoned, except for strange creatures that live in the ground, which I love the little, like, alligator dudes. But anyway, that's beside the point. Did we get the... Not alligator dudes. Oh my gosh. I don't know what else to call them. You know, okay, you know what I kind of thought of as soon as <laughs> as soon as I saw them, I was like, oh my god, it's alligator Loki. <laughs> okay, I was thinking about Jurassic Park when I saw them, so we went in different directions because I was yeah. like, they kind of look like dinosaurs. That's crazy. I, I think there should be dinosaurs in Star Wars to be to be real. Like oh my gosh, so say. true. So true. And then we can put Bryce Dallas Howard in it. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Okay. Um. Anyway, what, what um, I was saying was no. What I was saying is, <laughs> um, what's the moon called? Concord Dawn. Concordia. Is that what it's called? Concordia. Yeah. Where am he I said lo- Am I wrong? 
I thought it was Concord Dawn was where he's from. Yeah, Concordia. But uh, Concord Dawn. Wait, the the one of the recommended Google searches is is Concordia. The same as Concord Dawn. I love it. Wait, hold on. Those are different planets. Yeah. It says Concordian was the common language of the planet Concord Dawn and Mandalore's moon Concordia. Well, well, what's the one that Concordia was... was the one that Death Watch was located? Well, on. I thought Concord Dawn was the one that Concord Death Watch was Dawn was the one that Rebels. Ben Rao was on, oh, and the protectors because they were the protectors of Concord Dawn. Ooh. I just thought that though they were the same okay well you learn something new every day so Din Djarin but yeah is Concordia, Concordia is the one that Din is from okay because well, they, so... that's where the children of the watch like moved to when Bo-Katan took power Concord Dawn wait then what is Concord Dawn is it just some other yeah it's where what's his face was yeah I, I feel like an idiot because I thought that they were the same thing okay yeah a planet located in the Concord Dawn system thank you so much Within the Mandalore sector. Yeah, the Mandalorian protector is under leadership of Ben Rao. Okay. Hold on. I didn't know Rako Hardeen was from Concord Dawn. I'm learning so much right now. It Wait, says, was he a Mandalorian? It says Concord Dawn was also famous as the homeworld of many elite warriors, including the bounty hunter Rako Hardeen and the Mandalorian warrior and foundling Django Fett. Now I'm on Rako Hardeen's. But- okay. I need to stop going. It doesn't say he was a Mandalorian. It say he oh, was but his Hunter. helmet is kind of like Mandalorian inspired no. looking. What? I guess not. I guess it kind of. He was occasionally like... known as the marksman of Concord Dawn. Okay. It's really weird. Interesting. Okay. Anyway, point being, Din is from Concordia, not Concord Dawn. My God. Okay. See, this is what I mean when I'm like Mandalore lore is really confusing. It really is. Like, why I would think... you name a planet Concord Dawn and then name a moon Concordia? Guys, let's think about this. Anyway. Anyways, let me land on Mandalore. And Din Djarin's like, droid, get out of my ship. Go <laughs> go see if the oxygen is breathable, which is so interesting. <laughs> and then R5 starts, like, rolling out and then rolls super far away for no reason to get these readings. When When he gets the readings... After this whole fiasco happens. Yeah, why does he go next away from this gym? gym? That's what I would love to know. He's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I like that part because then Grogu was like, can, like, that droid is my friend now. Can you please make sure he's okay? And then Din was like, oh my god, fine. And then he got attacked by some other strange creatures that were living in <laughs> underground in Mandalore. So interesting. I love how there's just a bunch of dudes living down there. Because there was also, well, we'll get to the weird, strange droid that gave me a nightmare. But anyway. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, then then he comes back, he tests the air, and he's like, yeah, it's good. And then Din said my favorite line in the episode, he said, Bo-Katan was right. So true. I agree. Um, because all those times when she was like, Girl, Mandalore is not cursed. The Empire just bombed it and destroyed everything. And he was like, no, there's a curse. Like, trust me. And then he went there and it was, like, literally fine. I mean, it wasn't fine. Like, it was destroyed. But it wasn't like you were going to die if you set foot on the planet. And he was like, oh, this is why we listen to women. Din Jarn said, happy International Women's Day. Because that's when this episode came out. 
I am choosing to respect women's opinions now. So true. So, so true. true. We love we love a learning moment. Um yeah, so real. I really think okay, now I don't want to make any like assumptions yet, but so far this has been a very good season for women. There are two episodes out, but yeah. the way that Din Djarin interacts with women is very slight. It's very, yeah. it's very respectful. It's very, um, he doesn't really like mansplain, which I think mm-hmm. is great. I'm not saying he was like that in other seasons, but it's more clear now, uh, which is great because he's also like a very hyper-masculine man, at least according to the men in the fandom. Um, it's giving Joel Miller. Sorry, it really oh my is. Gosh. Oh, the finale comes out tomorrow. I can't get it out of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, yeah. I forgot. This that is so good. Movie. This is so good that they're like, they were like, yeah, let's release The Last of Us. Um, and then when that ends, The Mandalorian is gonna like overlap a little bit and go on for a couple more weeks. So you still have more Pedro Pascal. Oh, real of them because I need it. Um, but yeah, then then what happens? Then he gets he goes down. Him he and goes down, yeah. And then he gets taken by the <laughs> weird droids. Okay, is it a droid? Because it had an eyeball. Okay. Well, well, first of all, there was the like spider thing that picked him up. Not spider, but like thing. had like spider legs. No, because. I mean, yes, they were like the same thing, but when they go, when they take him underground, there's like that big dude, and then there's like that li- the little guy with the eye who's like, well, no, sorry. the eye was, was in so the scary. big dude too. But you know what I'm saying? There was like that, like the little guy and the big guy. They might have been like attached, but like, yeah, okay. But so the big guy, it was giving Griever from the Maze Runner. Did you never see the Maze Runner? I did. When it came out, like, 10 years ago. Okay, you know how the Hunger Games is for you? That's what the Mage Runner was for me in middle school. No, I'm serious. Think about what you're saying. Okay, in in middle school. In middle school. I was like, think about what you're saying right now. No, but when (laughs) I was, no, when I was in middle school, I was so obsessed. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Um, Anyways, it was giving griever. And then they, and then it, like, trans, it comes, it takes, oh, my God, I'm just almost dropped my computer it takes the <laughs> its head its eye thing and then puts it into like a the little guy scary i didn't like them they were terrifying and they're not droids because they have okay. an eye it's not a droid it's just my a bad. that put itself with a metal body i think because also like this weird tubing and stuff and i don't I know like, i try not to look too closely at it because it scared me <laughs> I actually really liked it. I thought it was a really cool monster design. I was into it. I'm really into like monsters that have robot parts. So me. Like that's so me. Um <laughs> but yeah, and then it tried to cook in Jarn, I think. I think that's what it was. Happening. I will say, not to be the literal worst, but when he was like in that little cage and Grogu was like standing off to the side, I was like girl do something and he eventually did he eventually did but he was just standing there I was like you can use the force girl like I know I'm like just like push those guys kind of a Jedi like do something Grogu I think that Grogu should have picked up the darksaber and like started swinging because I think it would have been funny (laughs) 
I um, really want Grogu to wield the dark saber just because I would like to know how he would wield a lightsaber because he can like barely move because he wears that potato sack all the time. He needs a new outfit because like that's why he has to flip around all the time because he can barely move because that thing is like a sack. Anyway, point being, I think that Grogu should wield the dark saber. Okay, yeah. Just at some point. <laughs> yeah. A Jedi wielding wielding the Darksaber? When was the last time that happened? Probably like well, no, probably literally like Tarvisla. Did Obi-Wan ever hold it? No, Obi-Wan didn't. I'm trying to think if Kanan ever did while he was training, to be honest. I don't think he ever did. Oh, Maul did. Technically he's not a Jedi, but he's a force. Maul did. I mean, there might have been someone before, but, like, I don't think anyone really, like, possessed it who was a Jedi since probably Tarvisla. Real. Okay. You know she, who should who else should hold the Darksaber? Ahsoka Tano. I think it would be you like- know what I would love if it happened is, well, I would love Sabine Wren to show up in this series anyway. Um, okay. But I think that Sabine should see Din Djarin trying to wield the Darksaber and be like, what are you doing? You're really bad at this. So true. I think that Bo-Katan should do that too, but she's trying to like make amends right now um, and not like insult him for being bad with the Darksaber. But I think that Sabine Wren should. So true, actually. Speaking of, Grogu goes to get Bo-Katan because Din is like, go get Bo-Katan. I can't get out. So true, calling for a woman's help. Exactly. She literally saved his life like four times in this episode. She did. She's so great. Um jealous of him. And then he and then he does. He grabs he gets Boca's hand. She comes back to save him. Um, Okay, I love actually though, because Grogu shows up and she's like, Oh my god, Din Djarin is back, girl. I just want to be left alone. And she goes outside to like tell him off. And then sees Grogu, and she's like, all right, let me get my ship. I'm coming to help. Yeah. I love that. I literally need people to shut up about her, because now people are inventing (laughs) new arguments for why they hate her, because their old arguments are getting, like, disproven by this season. And so now everyone's like, oh, I have to invent something new to hate her for. Mm -hmm. Just say you hate women. She literally dropped everything. Okay, not that she had much to drop, but, like, she really didn't want to leave her little castle, and she very much didn't want to go back to Mandalore because it carries, like, so much trauma for her, and, like, she literally lost everyone she loved there and blames herself for all of it. But the second Din Djarin was in trouble, she didn't even hesitate to be like, yeah. And she doesn't even like him that much, especially right now. She's like, you're kind of annoying me. Like, leave me alone. Yeah, because she would do anything to help any other Mandalorian, no matter what. And some of the girlies needed to be using their eyes and ears to see that. Anyway, so yeah, she rushes there to save him. So true. And then, wait, are we at the part where she uses the Darksaber? Because, well, no. First, she has a little conversation with Grogu. Sorry to skip forward. I just... Um, She's like... One of her one of her little things, she was like, you know, you're not the only Jedi I've met. And I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> I want Ahsoka. Literally, their like friendship is so important to me. It really is. Have they kissed on the mouth? Yes. <laughs> yes, they have. 
she literally I talked about this in our recap that she and Ahsoka canonically like keep in touch because she knew where she was in season two so Mm -hmm. real maybe they're girlfriends exactly um and then and then I think she uses the dark saber (laughs) ah I just think it's so funny first of all because we've never actually gotten to see her wield the dark saber because we only saw her like claim it in rebels the very end of heroes of mandalore and then we don't see her again oh my god i yeah she she's so slight and also i just think like the comparison between like and again this is not like me slandering dinjarin and being like why aren't you better at the dark saber because he like just got it and he just started training with it but just like oh my god she's so good at it she's so good because we know the whole thing with like the dark saber is that like if you're fighting against it, it's not, like, that. it becomes heavier, like, some, again, some people didn't watch Trials of the Dark Saber, which is the best piece of Star Wars television ever created, um, because they're, like, why, when Din Djarin picks up the Dark Saber, is it, like, heavy, and when, it- girl, there's a whole episode about this, and it's slayed, and also they talked about it in the Book of Boba Fett, but that's beside the point, but yeah, the point is that she doesn't fight the Dark Saber's power, and also, maybe that means that she should be the leader of Mandalore. Just my opinion. Just my opinion. Um, but yeah, point is she's laid really hard. And also I know that some people still think that she's like trying to steal the Darksaber from Din Djarin, but she literally had it and there was no there wasn't even a scene where she's like, oh, I guess I have to give it back now. She literally gives it back with no questions asked and doesn't even like criticize him for having like almost lost it. Literally nothing like that. In no way was she, or even, like, challenge him at that moment when he's weakened, like, I digress. The point is, she's slaying, and people are wrong about her, and I've always been right about her, and so now people are beginning to see that, like, I've been right this whole time. Yeah. Super, that's super great for you. I'm, I'm both Katan Stan, always have been, always will be. Less nervous about her character now than I was. Yeah. No, this episode was really good for her. It I mean, really one, was. just because she was in it a lot and she did a lot of great things. But it also gave me, like, a clearer idea of what direction we're taking her character in. And mm-hmm. also she got to show a more, like, I don't want to say, like, nicer side of herself because that feels kind of bad to say about, like, was, who she was before. But people always criticize her. They're side. like, yes, yes, that's the right word. People are always like, oh, she's so, like, mean and hypocritical and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, first of all, I don't care. Mean women, okay. Mm-hmm. be mean women to me um but, but anyway we're mean <laughs> no exactly like you're gonna criticize me for that actually probably so <laughs> but anyway um but we're no I people. like like when she was like with Grogu she was like talking to him but also it's not like a dramatic shift from who she, like how she's acted in the past because I think that it would be also weird if she was like oh my god I'm literally like the nicest person ever now um also <laughs> When I was watching it, this is a little later in the episode, but she, her and Din and Grogu were, like, walking, and and Grogu, like, looked at her, and she was like, what are you looking at? Which was funny enough, but I was taking a sip of my coffee, and I literally started choking, because <laughs> it was so funny. Anyway, so yeah, that was my <laughs> fun story about when I watched this episode, is that I almost died. Girl, I what time were you watching this episode at? like 9 a.m because I got up I got up before my class on Wednesday to watch it 
I was like, were you drinking coffee at midnight or at 3 a.m.? No, no. <laughs> I didn't stay up until 3. And then Dinjarin is like, I need to bathe in the waters of Mandalore. Um, even though he like literally almost just died. Uh, and Bogatan was like, you're stupid. And he's like, I need to do it anyways. And then she saw how much that like meant to him. And she's like, I guess I'll take you. Because she like, one, I think saw that it meant a lot to him and he's Mandalorian and you know that's what Mandalorians do they help each other out but also like fight and kill each other all the time it's really it's really interesting being Mandalorian um and then also you know she also wants to protect Grogu I really do think that she kind of has this like he's a Jedi I used to be friends with the Jedi it's important for us to take care of him and he's also like part of the potential like future generation of Mandalorians too right also I think that one of the things I noticed about Bo-Katan right now is that I think she really wants someone else to feel her frustration for how the other Mandalorians are acting right now because Mm -hmm. again like we talked last week about how basically everyone like turned their backs on her when she didn't return with the Darksaber and she's really fed up. She's like, yeah, I'll take you to the mines of Mandalore. Like, it's just some water. It's not that special. Um, and you'll see it for yourself. And she is not really, like, mocking their traditions, I wouldn't say. But it's definitely a little, like, people who are blindly following these old stories are the problem right now. And the reason why Mandalorians are always fighting each other. And why, like, that we can't all come together and reclaim our planet. Because everyone disagrees on who should be in charge and whatever. And I think that her hope is that, like, she can get him to kind of feel that same level of, like, frustration with the other Mandalorians just so that someone will. Because right now he's so committed to, like, going and bathing in the living waters and, like, re- reclaiming his place as a Mandalorian within the Children of the Watch. And she's like, girl, I'm so tired of every other Mandalorian right now. But she still would, like, go to bat for any of them, which I think is really important. But she's also, like, a little fed up which I think she's so right to be because she's literally been fighting for them her entire life and she's like and and no one wants to listen to her and everyone just wants to fight each other and she's like guys can we like stop fighting each other for like five minutes and maybe focus on the real problem which is the empire who actually destroyed our planet um but yeah they do go to the living waters of Mandalore and she reads him the little story about the mythosaur and she's like this is stupid or she doesn't say that but she's basically like reading it kind of like jokingly she's like okay yeah maybe this happened whatever but like it's just some water so true I also think about that scene a lot of people on the internet were like wow the Mandalorian is literally allergic to saying Satine's name and I'm like, okay, let's be so honest real quick. Din Djarin doesn't even know who Satine is. Mm-hmm. He does not know who she is. Bo-Katan probably still blames herself for her sister's death. I don't think she's really gonna be too eager to bring it up. Okay, now that you mentioned that, actually, let me talk about the thing that's been driving me bonkers the last few days. Is everyone being like, okay, yeah, like, Bo-Katan is not that bad, whatever. But I hate how she never, she always like conveniently leaves out that she was in Death Watch. Why would she bring that up? Why? She literally has expressed over and over again how much she has changed from that part of her life. And we can see it in her actions. Why would she be like, 
just so you know, I was a part of a terrorist group when I was like an 18 year old. Anyway, let's continue. Like, why would she bring that up? And who else is going to bring it up? People are like, I just think it should be mentioned. What? By who? By who? Quickly. It's the same thing with Satine. Like, why would she bring up what she considers to be the worst mistake she ever made to Dinjarin, a person she doesn't actually know that well? just because it's like mildly relevant to what she's talking about like I just I sometimes think actions speak louder than words just because she's not like I was a part of Death Watch and I was wrong doesn't mean that she hasn't spent the last 30 years proving that she knows she was wrong we we she does like jab at Din for being like a child of the watch because the children of the watch like were a harmful uh, sect of the Mandalorian culture like they caused issues um and but she obviously if you can you know consume media in a way that's not surface level you can see that she gives him so much grace for being a part of this cult that he's been in since he was a child because what she's been there she has been there and she got out when she was young unlike Din Djarin like I'm not saying Din Djarin is like bad or anything but he still is indoctrinated into a cult and carries out the ideals uh and customs of that cult and we talked about this like last episode or two episodes ago that like that is not like the children of the watch are not inherently bad and it's kind of problematic that they're framed that way um but in canon apparently they you know did bad things so did bo and no one's saying that she didn't but also like girly literally was like oh at 19 was like oh like oops i fucked up i fucked up i should not i should not be doing this and then after Mandalore fell, she was like the first time she was like, I need to fix things. Dinjarin, his entire story is about like literally Dinjarin's entire story from the last, from I guess last season, is that he needs to like repent for taking off his helmet and breaking the creed. Okay, but who's he doing that for? He his entire mission to atone for his actions for taking off his helmet is for himself so he can be accepted back into his cult Bo-Katan was a part of a cult and for years like literally two decades atoned for her actions for everybody else it wasn't a oh I messed up my like my beliefs right it was never like that it was literally like oh i hurt people people are dead because of me and i need to fix that dinjarin has never had that so um it's misogyny sorry it just is True. It just is. yeah i also think and i've literally been saying this before the season even started that like dinjarin was never boktan's enemy but the children of the watch made themselves her enemy by actively opposing her rule when she she didn't force them to leave mandalore she didn't force them to go to concordia they did that of their own accord and it's also not just them like she literally says that it was because of all these splinter groups that were formed that when the empire came they didn't have the strength to fight back because they were too busy fighting each other which 
has been the downfall of Mandalorian society literally since the beginning that they are too busy fighting each other to fight the actual enemy. And and his group was definitely a large part of that because they were a significant group and, and they were on a different planet at the time or they were on Concordia, so they weren't there to fight the Empire. And they ran and like I, and like you said, yeah, it's not like she's never done anything bad. Like, but just, I don't know. I'm just so tired of like arguing with people about her, but I'll keep doing it because I know I'm right is the thing. Like I'll literally, and also half the time when people try to argue with me about her, they're like literally saying things that are like canonically inaccurate. Like people were like, people were like, okay, yeah, the difference though is that Bo-Katan was like in her thirties when she was in Death Watch, just like killing people for fun. I hate I to be so. this person. She was a teenager. She's probably so. one or two years older than Ahsoka. Yeah. Let's put that Think that through, guys. Think that through. You know what's so crazy? You know what's so, so crazy? Is that Ahsoka and Bo-Katan were fighting for the same thing in the Siege of Mandalore. And everyone is, like, praises Ahsoka for that. And, like... Oh my gosh, because she because she is so slay. And like, I'm not comparing women here. We don't do that in this house. But what I am saying is that men and women, actually, I'm not even just going to say men on this one. I think a lot of people just don't like to think deeply about Bo-Katan's character. Bo also was such a badass in those episodes. And while Ahsoka was literally dueling Maul, like one person... Bo-Katan was out there, like, battling to save her people. Yeah. Um, okay. And she literally was like, I know that bringing the Republic here is going to upset some of my people, but I'm trying to fight to keep them alive. Really? Really? I also, she literally says at the end of that arc, one of her best lines when when they've won and she's being left in charge of Mandalore and Ahsoka's like, okay, you got to lead your people now. And she says, I wish that I was good at something other than war. But okay. she has been raised as a warrior her entire life. She has never known anything else other than fighting. And that is a big part of why she joins Death Watch is because she's like, to be a Mandalorian is to be a warrior. And that was her whole thing was like, oh, pacifism is bad. We need to like fight. But she also, oh my god, I was literally just thinking earlier today about the the stories of light and dark story about Obi-Wan that she's in, oh where she's god. like, where Obi-Wan's like, Satine wouldn't have wanted the Republic to send an army to Mandalore. And she's like, Satine was a wanted peace, yes, but she also wasn't an idiot. And she would want this because it's what's best for our people. And she, says, and, and she also is that. like, and I understand that now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, people need to read. People need to pick up a book. Oh, Drew, if people just read, they would literally, if people could just, like, read, they would It's like a so much more intelligent when having a page story, too. Like, I promise you can read it. It's about Obi-Wan, too. So so it can be about your man. No, literally. But she's there. God, I'm literally obsessed with her. And then... I swear to God, people act like the entire hero- Heroes of Mandalore arc didn't happen. They're like, when did she ever admit she was wrong? And I'm like, remember when she literally said, I had my chance to rule and I failed? Yeah. Like, yeah. what else do you want from her? I don't understand. Anyway, like, I do understand. It's just because people hate women. But, like, I don't understand. Why can't you just shut up? Anyway, back after to the episode. They, <laughs> after they get to there, Din Djarin hops on in the water 
Um, and he's just having a grand old time. He wore his boots in the water, though. I was like, girl, you're going to be wet. Do you really want to get back in your shit? The point is to be wet. He's bathing in the water. Take your boots off, at least. Take your boots off, at least. Those are leather boots, girl. He can't show his skin. He can show his skin. No, he can't. That's why he wears the thing over it. Remember, there was, like, the whole, like... Thing where in one of the shots he accidentally like showed a little bit of his wrist and everyone was like oh my god I guess I don't know I thought he could though because when he when he is like eating and when he's drinking the soup in that one scene because he can like lift his helmet up to drink it I don't know anyway. that's beside the point the point is girl you're wearing leather boots in water anyway okay well it just hurt me personally he hops right in and then something pulls him underneath did you guys see? Did you see people on Twitter being like, "Oh, he fell because he can't swim in all that heavy armor." <laughs> it's so funny. She dives in to save him, and I'm hmm. like, "She's still going down." He literally like got pulled so far down in like one second. Sir, oh how did gosh, you not get so a funny. brain aneurysm? Like, <laughs> how did like you should be dead right now, Dinjar. Literally, why did your brain not explode? <laughs> anyway um yeah so that happens and then she's like starts pulling him up saving his life as she said what a girl boss and then um and then she's like coming up and she has her little light on and she sees the motherfucking mythosaur that was crazy literally i gasped same was not expected like five minutes earlier she was like apparently some mandalorian like killed the mythosaur here or like fought the mythosaur here man but like that's probably made up no literally (laughs) she's like thousands and thousands of years ago and i'm like slay and then they see it in the water and she's like crazy i'm a mythosaur stan i hope they don't hurt him no but that's like but now but now she has a reason to be like hey mandalorians our literal god is here (laughs) The mythosaur mythosaur is literally literally Jesus Christ of the Mandalorian religion. I'm not lying. (gasps) This is, okay, wait. So does this mean, not to, like, talk about the Bible, but does this mean that this is the part where Mary goes into the tomb and then Jesus gets up again? Clearly, I know a lot about religion. I don't think Mary ever went into the tomb. Didn't she? Okay, well, someone went into the tomb. Um, anyway, someone goes in and is like, girl, wake up. And then it t- then they come back like X number of times, whatever. And then like on Easter Sunday, he's like, yeah, I think so this, this, is e- so this episode was Easter. Yeah. Okay, well, if it was Mary who found that the that Jesus wasn't in his tomb and had been resurrected or something, then... Bo-Katan would be Mary. That's what I was getting at when I started talking about that. Does that mean... Never mind. We're done talking about religion. (laughs) Um, and then... And then, yeah, that's where the episode ends. It's like... It so did. I forgot that it ended right there. Yeah, it did. It's a good episode, actually. It It was was really... It was structured very well. Bo-Katan was in it so much. It, this okay something that we're that i'm not able to say very often is that this episode was structured very well <laughs> it had a it had a great pace to it it wasn't too much it wasn't too little it just was like very it was very slay 
See, this is what I think they should mean when they were like, the pacing of this season is going to be faster than previous seasons. Because like when I watched the last episode, I was like, that wasn't faster pacing. They just shoved like 12 things into one episode. Exactly. But this episode, I was like, okay, it actually is paced and it is moving quicker. Right. Because there's a lot to get through. And I also, it makes me excited for the rest of the season that we already like, that they already got to the minds of Mandalore because now we have six more episodes of like, so are the other Mandalorians going to like come back? (laughs) So... Are we going to rally the Mandalorians now because the Mythosaur is here? I feel like they're going to have to kill the Mythosaur, right? Like, that's the whole thing. That's like the prophecy. Oh, my gosh. You know what the Mythosaur looked like? Did you did you watch the Sea Beast on Netflix? No, but I know what you're talking about. That's literally what it looks like. Okay, also, you should watch the Sea Beast. Okay, plug for Netflix is the Sea Beast. It's written and directed by a woman. And so it's literally the best movie I've ever seen. It's so if good. they kill the Mythosaur, I'll actually cry. He's just That's been napping. The and then Din came into his bath and was like, I'm going to swim here. He was like, no, you're not. I live here. This Another thing that we're kind of doing right now is like, okay, Mandalorian tradition and prophecy is important. But what's also important is using our brains to realize which things might be a little outdated, like having to win the Darksaber in combat when it's very clear who is qualified to be leading Mandalore right now and who is not. And that's not even me being shady. That's just like me looking at the, the screen like I what can if, see it. Oh, no. I just thought something so horrible. What if they're like, OK, whoever can kill the Mythosaur gets to win, gets to rule Mandalore. I'll literally lose it. You guys, please. Let's I just can't not do it. let the Mythosaur rest. Oh, no. Just let yeah. Anyways, just let Why do know. why do Mandalorians always have to kill something? I know that's like their whole thing, but like maybe can we change maybe can we make a change? Anyways. And I don't even think that it's a thing of like Mandalorians have to stop being warriors because they always are fighting. Like I think that that is a very important part of their culture and i don't think that they should like let go of that but the the specific like fighting of each other is the problem and they should stop doing it also Um, i hope sabine wren shows up i said that earlier but i really miss her and i know she's gonna be in the ahsoka series but like that's probably like they'll probably put her in this as like a yeah because she's a mandalorian that's the one like I don't even want to call it a cameo because it's not really a cameo. Like she is a Mandalorian, and she she's the one who gave Bo-Katan the dark saber. Like it kind of feels relevant. I can't wait for her to be like, "I gave you the dark saber, and now this man has it." What's going on? Girl. <laughs> this man and his like weird looking kid. I hope she's like. I hope Din Djarin pulls out the dark saber, and she's like, "Why do you have that?" Yeah. <laughs> what if sabine trains din how to use the dark saber that's what i've been saying because i don't i don't think that bo katan is going to train him even now i think she still is like girl i want to rest like i don't want to teach you how to use this sword but i think sabine totally would also that would be such a like connection to trials of the dark saber which would actually make me lose it, would, it. okay no i would definitely cry because i would think of kanan and i yeah. miss him more than anything yeah, Trials of the Darksaber, I said this earlier, it's literally my favorite Star Wars anything ever, and my favorite scene in the entire franchise is that scene between Sabine and Kanan, where they're sparring, and she's like, I helped destroy my own people. Wow, her and bo are literally so similar, guys. It's almost like that's the point. 
I made that TikTok being like, here's why people love Sabine and hate Bo-Katan. And everyone was literally in the comments being like, no, actually, this is why I hate Bo-Katan. I'm like, you're literally proving my point. Yeah. Yeah. Except for, like, one person who was like, actually, I like Bo-Katan and hate Sabine. I was like, well, congrats. Well, you're wrong. Like, what, do you want, like, an award or something? Yeah, it's quite funny. But no, I literally am like, how do you guys miss the point of the two episodes they had together? The entire point was that, like, Sabine made the same mistakes that Bo-Katan did when she was younger. And she's like, now I'm going to help her. Because no one helped me when I was a child trying to get my, like, realizing that I needed to leave Death Watch. She did that on her own, but it would have been so much easier if someone, like, had her back. And that's what she does for Sabine anyway. We can't talk about Heroes of Mandalore or Charles the Dark Saber. I'll literally, like, <laughs> good talk for 12 years. Can't wait to see what Bo-Katan does next. And then, I so guess. So real. So real. The Mandalorian. This is so toxic of me. But during season one, I was like, and even season two a bit, I was like, I'm obsessed with Din Djarin. Like, I literally love him so much. And now that Bo-Katan is in the show more, I'm like, don't ask me anything about Din because I don't care. <laughs> I'm still, I still love Din Djarin. I still yeah. am obsessed with him. Thank you so much for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions. Please feel free to send us questions. You can DM them to us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. Also, if you have any girl bosses you'd like us to do an episode for, you can send them in as well. Remember to go enter our Women's History Month giveaway. You can find it on our Twitter or our Instagram feeds. And all you have to do is follow, retweet, and comment with your favorite Star Wars woman. You can also get five bonus entries if you donate to one of the women's charities that we have linked on those posts. And also in our card, which you can find in our link tree, in our Instagram bio, pretty much anywhere. And it will also be in the show notes. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We would really appreciate it. Once again, thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye.